Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am honoured to have Cassie, the founder of Inspirationary, on the Dream for Others podcast. Inspirationary is a stationary label designed to inspire you to make your mark on the world. With 50% of profits from each purchase supporting women and girls to make their own mark, each beautifully designed product also contributes to greater social change. When looking for an ethical stationery brand for my client gifts this year, I stumbled across Cassie's website and instantly fell in love. What captured my attention most was the clear values and ethical pillars that underpin everything that they do. And I knew I had to invite her on the podcast to learn more about this and how we can live in alignment with our values and create the change that we want to see in the world too. Hi, Cassie, and thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today on the Dream for Others podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I, I have been having a lot of fun looking at the products and doing a little bit of shopping on your store. It's, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I got your order. It was great <laughs> to see your name pop up. <laughs> yeah, I got the little notice saying that it was coming, so I'll be stalking the postie again. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you don't mind, just to begin, for those who aren't familiar with your, your store and what you do, uh, can you just begin by introducing us and, and telling us the story of, of, of how you came to be doing what you're doing? Sure. It feels like such a long time ago that um, I thought up the idea for Inspirationary. So basically, Inspirationary, it's an eco-friendly stationary label that's designed to unleash the potential of women and girls. And one of the main ways that we do that is by donating 50% of our profits to education and leadership programs. Um, So we work with charitable partners such as Plan and Care, And yeah, they basically use that money to educate girls around the world. Yeah, it's such an important cause. Yeah, and um, I guess I had the idea for Inspirationary probably six or seven years ago now. I was back in um, the corporate world. So in my my former life, I used to work in public relations at a global communications agency. So it was pretty... um, hardcore in terms of the hours and things like that that I was working and you know I had worked my way into getting this what I thought was my dream job um you know I'd gone to uni got good grades and kind of graduated and landed this amazing job over in Melbourne and while I was there I kind of realized that it just really wasn't aligned with my values um at all and I I kind of put off I guess, making a change for such a long time that it wasn't until I had quite an unfortunate incident occur um, where I was sexually harassed by a client in front of my boss that I really kind of stopped to look at the circumstances in which I found myself. 
and I guess that was kind of the catalyst for wanting to empower other women and girls around the world. You know, it was a bit of a shock to my system to realise that things like sexual harassment um, were happening in a in a place like Australia. Of course, I knew that they happened, but I, I just never really thought that it would happen to me. And so, yeah, that kind of was the the straw that broke the camel's back in a way, but also I think was the universe tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you know, this is your calling and we've tried to show you before, but you haven't listened. <laughs> so it, it took, you know, a big event for me to to really take a step back and look at the direction that I was following with my career and what I really wanted to do with my life. And that's kind of what put me on the path to getting inspirationary off the ground. And so when that experience happened, which would have been horrible, did you already have in the back of your mind uh, an idea around inspirationary that, or had you started to progress it or yeah, yeah you had? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I mean, after I left university, I I started working in the corporate world and I was coming home and feeling really just just not great about where I found myself in my career, but also just really unhappy. Um, And so I was coming home from my nine to five job and, you know, pulling out my journal and just writing about what did I want to be doing with my life and what kind of person did I want to be and, you know, what values were important to me. And I realised that throughout all these times in my life that I, you know, was reassessing where I was going, I was always turning to stationery. And, I mean, I'd had a love of stationery since I was little and I think that started with, you know, going to school and that excitement of getting brand new stationery for the school year and that um, that possibility and opportunity of really, you know, making your mark on the year ahead. Um, it was like a blank slate and a clean slate. So I guess I was captivated by that, you know, power of dreaming and putting those dreams and goals onto a page. And that's kind of how Inspirationary started, was really just me looking at inspiration around me whether that be through quotes or books or TED talks or anything like that and writing down those pieces of the puzzle and slowly over time um, when I reflected back on all the things that I had been writing it was very clear to me that I what I had created and that came to be inspirationary. So there was lots of little pieces of the puzzle there that, mm. that fell into place. And you're talking to yeah. a fellow stationary addict, so I love that. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where I always knew what I wanted to do. If you had have asked me, you know, coming out of university, oh, what do you want to do? I never would have said, oh, I want to run a social enterprise. I didn't even know what social enterprise was back then. You know, it wasn't really very well known in Australia at all. I think it was kind of only just really happening. So what I was creating, I couldn't even put a name to it or label it in any way. So it was like a very organic process of pretty much writing down, you know, what my values were and what kind of life I wanted to live and what was important to me and what my passions were and what I enjoyed. And then you know, reflect, taking time to reflect on that and mull over it. And I think, you know, giving yourself that space to, and not that pressure of, oh, I've got to find my purpose, I've got to find my purpose. 
it was very much an organic thing of just following the next thing that inspired me. So it was, you know, oh, I'm finding this really inspiring. So I'll go to this talk or I'll go and speak to this person because I think they're really inspiring or I'll read this book or, and that's how inspirationary came to be. And really that's what I want to encourage people is, you know, don't get so caught up on what the end goal is. You know, just follow the thing that inspires you and in doing so you'll find yourself already on that path, you know. Yes, I'm nodding my head there. I have had a very similar experience and and so do a lot of people that I talk to that when you follow those those values and passions and Mm -hmm. and interests just without that pressure and and focus on the outcome, so many doors open and close and and you learn things or you learn about, I guess, jobs that you didn't even know were possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, the world is changing at such a rapid pace. Um, you don't know what jobs are going to be around in 10 years. And I think, you know, we're definitely finding that a lot of people are creating their own jobs and things. But also I think the way that you look at life is, I think the way that I look at life has changed. Like I very much thought that I needed to get somewhere and I needed to get there quickly. Like I felt like time was running out and it wasn't until I kind of took that pressure off and started just enjoying life and, you know, following those things that I found enjoyment in that it all just fell into place. You know, I think um, to begin with, when I first had the idea, I really lacked the courage and the confidence to make it a reality and I think that process of going through that journey needed to happen because I needed to learn those lessons mm, yes and and see what some of the possibilities are for yourself to know yeah. that yeah to know they are they are options I guess yeah, yeah definitely what I keep hearing you say a lot and I really felt this on your website as well is the word values and it Mm. seems like you come back to your values a lot for everything in in life Mm. and in and in your social enterprise and I loved how on your website you have actually clearly articulated what some of those values and and pillars are that underpin Mm. what it is that you do and one of the first ones you touched on at the beginning around empowering women and girls and I I assumed that well from what you said at the start that this really stemmed from that experience that you had when you were working in in corporate and and probably a lot more uh, that it's just not usually just one experience that sparks an interest in these things so I'm curious can you tell us a little bit more about that why this is that was the thing, the cause or one of the causes that you, yeah. you chose. Yeah. Look, to be honest, when I, I mean, when I reflect back on being younger, I never really saw myself as being a champion for women and girls' rights. I don't think I would have identified myself as a feminist until I kind of learnt what a, being a feminist was about. And um, when I when I think back to my childhood, I grew up in a single parent fa- household, so my it was just my mum and I, and she's one of the strongest women that I that I've ever known. So you know she worked three jobs and 
looked after me and made sure that I had a good education and that I was never wanting for anything. Um, and I think probably that value comes from growing up in that environment. You know, that's probably where it really started. If I am to think back, um, you know, the events along my journey with work and obviously being a young woman and starting an enterprise and um, being in the workplace or, you know, even just world events that are happening at the moment with, um, you know, the things that Trump has been saying. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, they were all things that made me ridiculously angry. (laughs) Um, And I felt like I had two choices. I could become you know, really disenchanted and just kind of give up or I could do something about it. And I didn't want to live my life from a place of of fear and being fearful of because you're a woman, you can't achieve this or people are going to look down on you or not take you seriously. I wanted to live my life from a place of love and I wanted to use my unique skills to hopefully empower and inspire other women to do the same thing. I know that when I started my journey, I really, you know, and I still struggle with this on a daily basis is who am I to be doing this? You know, who am I to start a social enterprise? Who am I to be speaking on a podcast? Who am I to, you know, do whatever it is that I'm doing? But the thing is, who am I not to? Because at the end of the day, we're all, just on this journey like nobody is better than another person or knows more than another person I think everyone has something unique to offer no matter who you are or or where you are and so in creating inspirationary I guess the thing that I find the most exciting is that sometimes people look at me and go oh you're a bit of a you're a bit of a ditz and you're very (laughs) you know, relatable, um, you know, if you can do it, then surely I can. <laughs> so, so, you know, and at the end of the day, that's, that's the thing that I hope is that, you know, people will look at, you know, this small thing that I've created and say, well, this is great. You know, this gives me the confidence to hopefully go and, and do something. And, you know, there's a quote from Rebecca Campbell in Light is the New Black. It's an amazing book if you haven't read it. Um, but she says, when one woman shines her light, she makes the path brighter for the next one to come. And that's really, if I was to sum inspirationary up, that's how I see it, is that just simply by living, you know, what inspires you, you'll be inspiring those around you. And it's really hard not, like, inspiration is so contagious. You're inspired about something, your whole face lights up, your demeanour changes, your energy changes, and it's it's impossible not to feel that as someone who's around you. So, yeah, I think, you know, going back to the value thing, that kind of sums up the value for me is that I feel like everyone can do something to help other people. And particularly women, I feel like, you know, we're at this unique stage in history where we're probably at a tipping point with everything that's going on that, you know, the best thing that you can do is follow what inspires you. Yes. And you've taken that a step further because you're 
you know, contributing money to to that as well with the 50% of profits. Yeah. And mm. I think that kind of extends um, that value that little bit further. I mean, it's nice to kind of say, oh, we're about inspiring and empowering women, mm. but tangibly how are we doing that, mm-hmm. you know? And when I looked into I did a lot of research around, you know, empowering women and girls. And one thing that I think is really important to me as a value is, you know, efficiency and and being effective and wanting to know that what I'm doing is actually making a difference. So I looked into a lot of charities when making a choice about where our money would be going um, and, came across Plan and Care, which are both um, ACFID members, which basically means that they they have to adhere to really strong accountability and transparency measures. And they've got campaigns that are dedicated to getting young women into school because at the moment there's 63 million girls around the world that don't have access to an education, which I just found astounding, particularly because not just because of the human rights issue because, you know, I think most of us have heard about um, those kind of arguments for why women should have access to education, but it's actually just really smart economics. Like investing in women is a really, really good investment, not just for those individuals, so the women and girls, but their communities and the entire world because, when you invest one dollar in a in a girl's education, the return on that investment is between six dollars forty and seventeen dollars sixty. <laughs> so, from from a purely financial perspective, it's a it makes sense. And then you've got all the other things like decreasing malnutrition and um, you know preventable diseases and things like that. So. Yeah, for me, I I guess I I'm so passionate about the potential of women and girls. Um and to think that I'm so fortunate and lucky to live in a in a country and to have grown up with the privilege to be able to really live my dreams. I I hope that one day all women and girls will have that opportunity and I know that the first step in in creating that world is making sure that all women and girls have the basic, you know, education and opportunity to read and write. Yes. Yes. And and it even comes back to what you were talking about earlier. We have the luxury of being able to explore those curiosities and passions and interests and, and a lot of women don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was creating Inspirationary, I did feel quite a bit of guilt. You know, I was, coming home from a full-time job where I was earning a good income to a house that was, you know, comfortable. There was nothing that I really wanted or needed or couldn't afford as such. And here I was still unhappy thinking about, (laughs) you know, what am I doing with my life and woe me? And I thought this is, you know, I think one of the things that has always kind of stuck with me is that the best thing that you can do in those circumstances is to get outside of your own head and and help other people 
Like if you really want to find out what your values are and your purpose is, then the best way to do that is is to go and help others. And that can be in any which way. Like you don't have to – not everyone can donate a percentage of profits, um, but everyone can do something. And I think that's the important thing is everybody can do something, whether that's volunteering some time, um, you know, maybe you have skills in marketing and you can go help a, a social enterprise or a charity or anything like that. You know, it doesn't have to be donating profits. Mm, absolutely. And wow, did you go all out though with helping others? There's always there's always more that you can do. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that you've got to be careful of is not getting overwhelmed by how much there is to do. Yes. So just starting small and doing something. Mm. And when it comes to donating profits and starting small and doing something, did you start all out with 50%? Is that how you how you started? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I made a commitment when we started that we would donate 50%. But I think there's a very common misconception around what that means. So the most simple way to describe um, us and Inspirationary and a whole bunch of other social enterprises out there is basically that, you know, we still get paid. So it's not that you um, aren't making any money whatsoever and you can't pay your bills. The way that it works is after you've covered the costs of, um, you know, manufacturing our stationery and getting that into the hands of our consumers, the money that's left is the profit. So traditionally in a for-profit, that money would go to shareholders. But we don't have shareholders. So that that profit that's left over, 50% of that goes back to educating women and girls. So usually what would happen is you have investors and shareholders and, you know, there's pressure on you to make profits at, at the expense of people and the planet because they want to return on their investment. But we don't have that because we don't have shareholders. So, yeah, so it's not, it's not um, you know, you're not sitting there going, oh, I can't, I can't eat and I can't pay my bills and, um, you know, what have I created, this monster? But it's it's a new way of looking at business, you know, and there's different models for social enterprise. You don't have to donate 50%, you know, to be a social enterprise. You can donate a smaller percentage. You could um, look at something like the Tom Shoes model where you buy a pair of shoes, you give a pair of shoes, and they all have their pros and cons and you just got to kind of evaluate the best one for you. But I think going back to what we were talking about before, it is hard to wrap your head around if you're not in social enterprise and you haven't done a lot of research into it. And so I think the best advice that I can give people is that to make a difference, it doesn't, like I said before, it doesn't have to be 50%. You could donate 5%. In fact, there's a really great book by Peter Singer called The Life You Can Save. And he actually just says to people, start where everyone could donate 1% like the difference that we could make to the lives of people in poverty would be enormous. Ah, oh, yeah. So sometimes I think, you know, we can look at these these grand plans to donate 50% and become really overwhelmed and think, oh, well, I can't do that, so I'm not going to do anything. Mm. And if there's one thing that people take away from 
this podcast is just do something. 1%, that's it. You know, that's not a huge amount. <laughs> yeah, and it's not so scary, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of the other things that you mention on your website as being being values or foundational pillars for you is another big one is environmental impact and and that's something that's weaved into everything that you do as well so do you mind talking to us a little bit about about that and what that looks like I guess when creating inspirationary I was very aware that it's a paper-based product and you know consumption in this day and age is just astounding in terms of particularly fast fashion um, and other things that, you know, we consume from places like even other stationary labels like Typo or Kiki K, um, the amount of paper that is being produced and thrown in the bin is just crazy. So while I love stationary and I love having something tangible, I was aware that it's still creating something that's going to leave an environmental impact. And so... I wanted to create and create inspiration in a way that would minimize that effect. And so all of our, well, all of our notebooks are 100% post-consumer recycled paper. They're all manufactured in Australia. Um, they use vegetable-based inks. Um, and that basically minimizes the footprint that we're leaving. So one of the things that, you know, when we started Inspirationary was this tagline of, uh, encouraging people to make their mark and reflecting on what kind of mark do you want to make? You know, how do you want to leave this world? And so I certainly don't want to be known as someone who's leaving a bad mark on the world. So yeah, everything that we do is wherever possible, we used, um, you know, recycled paper and vegetable based inks. And we've just um, started using Sendal as well to send out our packages and they're carbon neutral. So, yeah, we're always looking at um, like new ways to minimise our impact. Yes. Um, you know, would love to look at things like Pinatex, which is basically this uh, leather look material that's made from pineapple fibres. Wow. You know, it's a, it's a vegan leather. It's all very new and trendy. Um, you can't get it here in Australia at the moment, but as soon as you can, I'd love to <laughs> get some journals made out of it. Yeah. I'd imagine that that side of things in itself would require a lot of work and research and, and, mm. and time and evolution as well, that you don't just start up a, a social enterprise where everything's you know, 100% environmentally yeah. friendly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we started um, our first range, so our notebooks are all 100% post-consumer recycled um, and we're endeavouring to move everything over to that. But, you know, it's really hard, particularly with when you're running a business, um, the costs involved and associated with manufacturing um, eco-friendly products um, mm -hmm. and in Australia as well. But I think that's the thing is it's so easy to go, oh, it's too hard, so I'm just not even going to start, you know, and there's also that fear of um, not being good enough, you know. I think that's one thing that stops a lot of people and certainly um, was a roadblock for me starting Inspirationary was, oh, I don't have all the answers yet, you know. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. I'm not sure how I'm going to make all of our products recycled. I'm not sure how I'm going to 
find a manufacturer that can do vegetable bastings. But you start small and then it becomes easier. Yeah, it reveals some of the answers and places to look in itself. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, it's so easy to pull people down that um, aren't doing, that aren't perfect, you know, particularly in Australia, you see it all the time, you know, our our friends at Thank You, um, they sell bottled water. (laughs) And so one of the things that, you know, they often get questioned about is, well, what about the environmental impacts of plastic water bottles? And so I'm sure we'll see their business model evolve Mm. um, over time and just like ours will. So, yeah. And the other thing that you do as well is uh, around ensuring that your things are ethically made. Mm. So with the, um, with ethical manufacturing, I think, I think the main reason that that is important is that we don't want to be giving uh, money on one hand to empower women and girls but then uh, taking advantage of women and girls through the manufacturing process. Inspirationary is uh, we want to look at it as a holistic business. So it's not just about the profits that we donate. Um, It's about how we manufacture our products. And, um, you know, right now we manufacture in Australia because we can keep an eye on supply chain and make sure that, you know, things are manufactured ethically. But if we were to move offshore, it actually gives us the opportunity to use that um, to empower women and girls through the supply chain. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I'm keen at looking at in the future is how do we use the entire business model to empower women and girls, not just through, you know, um, selling stationery and donating profits, but how do we set up, you know, a flexible workplace environment that allows women to have babies and how do we make sure that we remain at least 50% owned by women or we have at least 50% women on our board? Um, All those kinds of things I think are really important when you're creating a business because if you are living your values, they need to come through everything that you're doing. Yes, Wow, you must have a pretty big and beautiful wish list there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, look, we're not doing it all. Yeah. Um, you know, we're starting really, really small. Um, it's mainly just me at Inspirationary. We have contractors that come in um, and do things. We work with um, independent designers. And that's another thing that I'm looking at is, you know, female artists are massively underrepresented. Um And so how do we use our notebooks to empower designers? You know, do we we only buy designs from female designers? Mm -hmm. So they're all kind of things that are like exciting to think about when you go, okay, well, these are our non-negotiables, you know, but how can we use them to be creative? It sounds fun and exciting as well. That's a lot a lot to look into, but it's kind of, I don't know, it could be playful and fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and like I said, you know, um, when I started Inspirationary, I had all these grand plans, but I definitely didn't have everything in place. No, who does? <laughs> and there's still so much more to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So... One of the things that's coming through even in that is you 
You mentioned on your website, and it's been running through a theme as well, is that you you believe that successful business and doing good aren't mutually exclusive. And mm. what I am hearing a lot of today is that values play a big part starting somewhere and and doing something and, and evolving is is another another mm. big part. I know there are heaps of people, there'll be heaps of people listening to this, obviously, um, who are big-hearted and they do want to use their platform, whether that be a business or a blog or if they're designers like you've mm. you've mentioned here, musicians. I know there's academics. There's a big, broad range of these big-hearted people that want to do something. What what advice would you give them? Is it essentially that to start somewhere and to to keep yeah. going, or is there something else? <laughs> I I think I think the thing is just getting started. Yeah. You know, it's it's following that intuition that you have that you know you see something and you light up on the inside and you think, oh, wouldn't that be great? I'd really like to attend that event, and then you know, you go to that event and you meet someone and that person happens to say something that really resonates with you and you go, oh, I'd really like to get involved with that. Maybe I can help you, mm. you know. Um, I think as human beings we're all hardwired to want to connect and feel that we've made a difference and that our time here um, has meant something. And so, you know, I think, Everyone wants to give back in some way and, and everyone can. It's just about finding that thing that is that resonates with you. Like you don't have to go out and plant trees. You don't have to go out and set up a business. Um, you don't have to donate 50% of profits. They're all just things that are options to you, you know. And so I think through inspiration, I, I try and tell people, you know, you, you don't have to be perfect. You know, you don't have to give away all of your money. You don't have to volunteer all of your time and you don't have to do things that don't make you happy, but it's about finding those things that are unique to you and your skills and your personality and where you want to go mm. and, and how you can use that to give back. Yes, yes. And the thing that I love about, well, there's lots of things that I love about what you've been saying and about what you do is that you're like perfect evidence and example of where you can have passions for different types of causes and mm. integrate them into your life and, and your business if you have one. I know that so many people that I talk to, they really struggle with fo mm. focusing on one cause or or one passion and feeling like they're having traction and it and it paralyzes them yeah yeah but what you've explained there when you when you start with with one interest or passion or, or you start to follow those clues you find a way I guess to bring them all into the mix as yeah. you are doing yeah and I mean look I remember sitting on my living room floor and thinking what am I doing with my life um, I'm not special. I don't have special talents. I have nothing that's unique. I like stationery. I like, you know, design. I'm interested in social enterprise. How the hell am I going to put this together? You know, it was just like I had all of these ingredients and no idea how to bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I think, I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, as human beings, we're not one dimensional. We have a range of interests and 
sometimes they can be competing. You know, those values can compete against each other and um, you've got to make decisions. <laughs> you know, you can't, you, unfortunately, you can't have, you know, for example, if you've got to earn money to pay your bills, you know, it would be, it would be great if you didn't have to, but that's, that's a fact of life. So I think, um, I think the thing that really helped me was like just whatever inspired me just following that. And it's really easy to brush it off and go, Oh, well, I don't know where that's going to lead me. But one thing that really resonated me with me was, um, Steve Jobs did a Ted talk and you can look it up on, on Ted and he's doing the commencement speech at Stanford. And he talks about how going through university, he kind of dropped out, but he found himself going to these classes on typography and calligraphy. And, um, he had no idea what he was going to do with them or what, what kind of relevance they had to his future. But looking back after he started Apple, you know, everything that they did, it was so beautiful. And the typefaces and the fonts were so important to the way that Apple was designed. And he attributes that to the classes that he took when he was at Stanford. I'm sorry, not at Stanford, when he was at university. And so he has this um, quote and he says basically that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards because you have no idea what you what is going to happen in future or how someone that you meet or something that you do or something that you read is going to affect you in future. Yes. That's such a powerful speech and and quote and message, isn't it? I remember watching that myself when I was working for government and trying to look forward and figure out how all the dots fit together. And it was around that time that I don't know, just reflecting on it now, I don't know whether maybe that impacted on me in some way because I did just start to act and follow some clues. And, wow, it took me on a path that I didn't even know was possible back then. Yeah, such a powerful talk. And I think that's the thing is it's so easy to want to know what the destination is before you get started because it, it gives you that kind of security and in thinking, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do this if it's going to be a waste of time. But everything that you do, if it inspires you, it's going to be a good thing. Because even if it doesn't lead anywhere, the fact that you're that you're inspired and you're happy, it changes everything about you. It changes your energy, and like I said, that changes everybody else around you as well. So, I think just trusting that process and trusting that everything will work out in the end. My mum has this um, saying that she always used to say to me, you know, everything turns out in the wash mm. <laughs> and just trusting that it will. Mm. And when it look, when you look back, you can see how it does, but we forget that in the moment sometimes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Thanks, mum, for that one. <laughs> yeah, she's full of uh, full of great quotes, my mum. <laughs> Maybe that can be a future product, mum's quotes. <laughs> yeah. book of quotes by Cassie's mom yeah (laughs) I'd get it (laughs) so I imagine you haven't taken the easy route here I mean who does but it doesn't sound like an easy route so what are some of the what have been some of the tough things about about going down this path and how have you managed to navigate them or be navigating them still (laughs) I think um you know one of the biggest challenges is confidence and I think 
a lot of people struggle with that when they're starting when they're starting a new path you know it's fine as long as it's not serious but as soon as you start committing to something you're putting yourself on the line and that kind of brings up all your your deepest darkest fears about you know not being good enough or what about if it fails or um you know <laughs> who knows what's going to happen I'm going to go bankrupt or <laughs> um so I think, yeah, having that courage and confidence to go after what you want and knowing that nobody is 100% confident in what they're doing. One thing that I've learned about starting Inspirationary and talking to other people that are on a similar journey is really we're all just figuring it out at the same time. You know, nobody has all the answers. And so just getting started and and figuring it out as you go along is okay you know you don't have to have it all sorted to get started and I know that's been a reoccurring theme of what we've talked about but I think it's really important I mean other other stumbling blocks have been you know having to set up a website and not knowing <laughs> how to code um, <laughs> you know but they're all they're all kind of things that you can learn or you can get someone to help you um, whereas confidence is one of those things that it's really hard to back yourself. You know, whenever I talk to people about these things, I always do get asked like, you know, oh, how did you find a manufacturer and how did you, I I Googled it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea when I was starting. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, You know, I (laughs) I remember when I launched my crowdfunding campaign and ringing the printer and saying, so I want to create some notebooks and he started talking to me about all the different types of paper and the different <laughs> types of binding and he was like, oh, do you want them saddle stitched or perfect bound? And I was like, I am so out of my head. <laughs> but, you know, it, now it's all just, I get it, you know. It's knowledge that I've accumulated over the time that I've been doing this Um you know, I, I really didn't know anything when I started. And same with social enterprise, you know, um, different business models and things. But you you just go ask people. <laughs> it's really, it's amazing how giving people are when you say to them, look, I really admire what you've done with X, Y, Z. Do you have five minutes for me to ask you a couple of questions? Because I'm, I'm just really stuck, you know. Um, I, I think sometimes we make excuses not to get started. <laughs> a lot of the time um but some of the blocks can be can be bigger like you know I had to quit my corporate job I I had to put money into inspirationary and so I sold my car I um moved into a smaller place and then once it started getting serious I kind of I moved back home and you know that was a, a choice and that I had to make and a sacrifice that I had to make, but it didn't feel like one because it, it was something that was allowing me to follow my passion. You know, of course there's still days where I'm like, oh, you know, I wish it was as simple as getting up, going to work and having a regular paycheck, but that's just not the kind of person that I am. <laughs> You'd be so bored. You'd have all these projects on the side that it wouldn't be... <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be that simple anymore (laughs) yeah and I say to people you know I've never been poorer but I've also never been happier so I think it really is coming back to what's important to you like 
you know, those values and what is it that you want your life to live, live like? Um, how do you want to live your life? But for me, inspirationary is not so much about it succeeding because success is so arbitrary. Um, but it's about that journey and it's about, um, you know, being able to express myself creatively through what I'm doing. It's about the fact that even if I can make an impact in one person's life, it's been worth it. If I can, you know, get up every day and learn something new, you know, the fact that I pulled together a website, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but now I look back and I'm like, woohoo, I created a website. And yeah. that's a skill that I've learned through this journey, you know. So even if tomorrow things were to go belly up and, you know, I had to walk away from it for whatever reason, I would never regret doing what I've done because it's given me so much. Yeah, yeah. So much in so many levels with mm. with skills and knowledge and, and, and personal art. growth. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, the people that you meet and mm. being able to connect with people on such a different level than what I was in the corporate world. Yeah, and you can't buy that. <laughs> no, you really can't. No. <laughs> so as we're kind of approaching the end, there's there's a few thing, extra things I wouldn't mind asking. And, and one is around with these causes that you've been talking about today, so with women and girls and, and the environment and ethical work and, and those types of things, for those who are listening – are there some some things big or small that you suggest that you can suggest that they might be able to do if they want to make a difference with those mm. those areas? Yeah, I mean, I'm a really big advocate at looking how you spend your money. I mean, we all have to buy things in our life, but looking at things that are ethically made or you know make a difference in people's lives are a much better way you know it's this conscious consumerism is such a big movement at the moment and I think you know it goes back to the days of organic produce and eating well and you know we're starting to realize that we can't just consume huge amounts of things and have no impact because you've got to realize that the things that we do consume they've had a life before they've got to us and somebody's made that product you know um and that in itself is contributing and to the world in which we live so there was this really great saying I heard not long ago and it was like the um the standards you walk past are the standards that you accept which is 100% true, you know, um, and, I, and I'm not perfect. You know, I still shop at Coles and things like that, but, um, but I am more conscious of how I spend my money because it really is a vote for the world in which you want to live. So, you know, just simply looking at where your products are coming from is a really, really good way, um, not just to – to educate yourself, but yeah, to really make a difference in the world. Because I think um, people are expecting more and more that companies are transparent and ethical. Um, you know, we don't want to be in a situation where companies are just making so much profit at the expense of people and the planet. Um, and I think with the internet, we are becoming more aware of, um, you know, where our products come from and, and how they came to be. So, but, you know, some other things would be 
I love the book. I love any books by Peter Singer. Um, you know, so the life that you can save and um, the most good you can do. He he really looks at um, the psychology behind giving and um, what drives people to give, but also what prevents them from giving. So things like being overwhelmed or not knowing where the money's going. And they're really sim- simple things to change. Like do your research, you know, um, and if you don't have time that much time to do your research, there's organisations out there that can, can do it for you um, in terms of like, so the Australian Council for International Development, um, all of their members, like I said, have to go through really strict accountability and transparency measures. So you're, you're pretty safe in um, donating to those causes. So they're all things like Water Aid, Oxfam, Care, Plan, um, you know, uh, world vision off the top of my head so all of those causes are like really great causes to get behind and if it's something that's close to your heart great you know everyone wants to feel like they're they're living their values so yeah I think um there's so many different things that you can do but just don't get overwhelmed by by that just choose something that means something to you yeah, it's a, again one of those things you can't do everything at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's impossible. It's in, you know, I often and I'll say this from from my perspective. I'll often go walking through the shopping centre and get asked to give money, and and I, my standard response is now like, oh, I actually have chosen charities that I support. We often get approached for. Um, to give free journals and things to people and they say to us, oh, we really love that you support women and girls education. And so I say to them, well, it's great that you love what we do, but we can't do that unless people buy our products. So it's okay to say no. I think, I think, you know, when you're a, when you're a person that, you know, wants to be a good person and wants others to see you as a good person, it's a really hard thing to say no. Yes. And, I, and I've had to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting better at it and I'm not perfect. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's impossible to do everything and yes. so it's important to have those boundaries. Yeah, and that's often a lesson we heard, we learned the hard way too. <laughs> yes. Otherwise burnout and all <laughs> yeah. of those things. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if um, if people want to support Inspirationary, they can – they can jump online, they can buy our products, they can reach out to us, they can volunteer, you know, um, we're pretty small organisations so I love hearing from people and like I said, there's always something that people can do. Yes, and this episode will be airing, well, be the last episode before Christmas so <gasps> perfect place to go and buy some some prezzies for stationery lovers. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> I think I will be. <laughs> or if any of my family's listening, you know where to go. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, nudge. That's stationary for Christmas. You can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, before we finish, what's what's next for you? What's next for Inspirationary moving forward? This is something I always struggle with because I always have so many ideas. And to be honest, Usually it's those things that come to fruition last minute. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, 
you know, I've, I've just recently settled back into Perth and uh, finding my groove again, which is great. But I think, um, yeah, definitely looking at uh, some new designs for next year and um, hopefully some new products as well. So we're, we're in some um, discussions at the moment with some really great um, artists and designers. So keep an eye out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most exciting thing is working on the new range of products. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. And as you know, I'm hoping to do a custom, some custom yes. work with you next year. So I'm very excited about that too. Yeah, that's something that I don't, um, I always forget, but we do custom products. So we've actually got a couple of orders coming through um, and in, in chats with some really great um, small businesses that, you know, are looking to use their purchasing power for good. So social procurement um, really is kind of taking off at the moment. And I think, you know, if you do run a business and you do want to make some differences, maybe have a look at some social enterprises that you can support, whether it's through buying, uh, if you're buying Christmas presents for clients or anything like that, have a look at the social enterprises out there. You know, um, you can jump onto something called goodspender.com, which is a list of a whole range of social enterprises in Australia that support a whole bunch of different causes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's essentially what led me to reaching out to you as well is that I send gifts to all of my clients when they start working with me and I get a a Kiva loan for them and I give them a notebook and pen and yeah and a planner that I absolutely love uh, for my business clients but yeah I just thought I've been meaning to do my own custom notebooks for that purpose and when I stumbled across your website I'm like that's perfect I can do I can do it ethically and be contributing to a great cause and that just feels so good (laughs) yeah I know and I can't wait to work with you on them it's going to be so exciting yeah me too I can't wait I can't wait to share them even though (laughs) it hasn't started yet (laughs) (laughs) so you're like everyone get ready for 2017 (laughs) but before you do familiarize yourself with inspiration (laughs) and have a look (laughs) well thank you thank you so much for chatting with me today and sharing that all with me. I've taken a lot of notes of things to to follow up. Peter Singer has jumped out a few times as someone I've got books of his on my shelf and haven't got to them yet, so it's time. <laughs> it's time to bump them up the list. <laughs> and I'll include all the links that you've mentioned and the talks and things like that in the episode notes as well as obviously yours. Uh, So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. It's been wonderful. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And I I hope, you know, one person out there finds it inspiring and, you know, uses it to start their journey. I know they will. You've mentioned a few times that you're not that special, but you damn are. (laughs) 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 So I know there will be more than one person. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my free resources, please visit naomiarnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, and share it with your friends or peers. Let's continue to dream for others, and I'll talk to you soon.